Welcome to the First Right Podcast, your weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. This week, we've got a very timely guest on. Mike McCormick was the White House stenographer for Joe Biden from 2011 to 2017, and he's got this book out, Joe Biden Unauthorized, and in it, he's got some really good stuff about, uh, among other things, Biden's mental acuity and uh, his overseas uh, foreign entanglements. Uh, so uh, really great time to have Mike on. Uh, super happy he's here. So welcome to the podcast, Mike. Great to have you on. Thanks, Doug. On. Good, good. Yeah. So um, let's just jump right into it. Everybody's always, you know, you get into this stenographer piece. Let's just talk us through your job in the White House and what that looked like during those years. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's uh, I've had a lot of um, appreciation in book reviews and things because I'm very fair in the way I wrote the book. And the reason I'm fair is because I was a stenographer from 2002 to 2018. So I worked for three presidents. I worked for President Bush, President Obama, and President Trump for a year. And I actually wrote a book about kind of being a stenographer in the White House, in the Obama White House, uh, and then watching Trump rise up through the rank. That was my first book, 15 Years of Horrible White House Memoir. This book specifically focuses on my time with Joe Biden from 2011 to 2017. And as a stenographer, what our job was, I worked for the press office. So my job was to sort of be in between when the president and the press were doing a function, like whether it's a briefing, you see President Trump walk out to the edge of the uh, press group there at the when he's about to get on the airplane or one of the helicopters. We would be sitting basically at his feet with a tape recorder. We'd record what he said, what the questions were, and there would be an official White House transcript of it. Same thing in the Oval Office. We'd go in the Oval Office if he was in there and there was a world leader that he was talking to. And every day we'd go into the briefing room and do the press secretary's briefing. So we heard behind the scenes how the press handled the White House for three White Houses. So I'm a neutral observer. I'm not a biased person. I don't have a you know, an extra grind with anyone, Democrat or Republican. But as I worked for Joe Biden and realized that he was going to be uh, the presidential candidate, I knew I had to write this book because there was a lot about Joe that was unreported that has to come out. And that's what I've written about. Yeah, well, and good. part of it is his mental acuity. Yeah, big time. And I want to get into that. And good for you for writing this because, you know, I'm not a big fan of, you know, nobody wants to run anybody down personally. However, in this situation, if you want to be president of the United States, the most important job in the world, we better know all about you. And that's why I was super happy to have you on is because, like you said, you were right there the whole time. You saw these things. And so let's get into that mental acuity piece. Just describe what you saw over the years, uh, where you think you left it, what you're kind of seeing now uh, with him and, and how it all ties together in your mind right now. Well, I would say right now, Joe Biden is a shell of his former self. And I say that as someone, I travel with him all around the world in 20, as late as 2017. Uh, actually, I didn't travel with him, right? He was there just for a month, 17. He did a couple of trips. I didn't travel with him. That was right when Trump was coming in. But in 2016, all through the election, he was a boundless source of energy. He was out campaigning. He was doing international trip. He's hardly on the campaign trail now. He's, I think he's been off of, out of sight for the last three days. Yeah. I've worked on four White House campaigns for re-election of the president, 2004 for Bush, 2012 for Obama, and 2016. You can't take four days off in October if you're a president. I don't know what's going on with Joe, but it's not there for him, and that's how you can tell. 
Yeah. And he's also, when he does these events, he's like standing at a podium with all these people sitting at cars. It's the weirdest campaign there ever has been in the history of our country. Yeah. So, I, you know, he's a shell of his former self. I was watching a video of him when he did that speech to uh, the um, Council on Foreign Relations that he sort of talked about this, you know, getting rid of this uh, prosecutor in Ukraine. If you look at that video of that, that was 2018. He's a different guy then as he is now. That's only two years. I would hate to think where he is in two years from now because he's gone downhill a lot. I mean, he's stumbling around. He's forgetting things. He's just kind of losing it really quickly. And I mean, he hasn't campaigned hard at all. So he hasn't been tested. We'll see how, how you know, the voters look. But if I'm a voter and I want somebody to be president, I'm not voting for Joe Biden. Yeah, and that's what it comes down to. And that's where I was getting with this. I mean, you don't see the guys fit mentally to be president, right? Not at all. Not what he used to be. Yeah. And, you know, and Donald Trump, I mean, Joe Biden's gotten weaker. Donald Trump's gotten stronger. He's just better and better out there. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, it's fa- it's fascinating to me how he prepares for the debates. He just walks over and takes questions from the press. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden could never do that. Sure. Joe Biden is terrified of talking to the press one-on-one. Trump just handles it like it's, you know, He's just walking out to the helicopter. He's going to sit there and take 50 questions, and he'll do it for an hour if he has to. Yeah, he knows all the answers. They're in his head already. I guess exactly. if, Biden, if Biden could squeeze a teleprompter in between those press reporters and they could ask him and he could, that's, that's you know, the running joke now is he's just got that teleprompter in his basement. And it, other than that, they don't really, you know, he's got to stay down there. And, uh, yeah, it's just not a good, it's not a good scenario. And I, I think that that enthusiasm piece is what's going to carry us now going forward because, he is just this, you know, inner candidate. You can't even find him. He's in his basement now, and Trump is the exact opposite. So, so yeah, we'll see. And I, I also was going to say, too, when you're talking about how Biden was on that Council of uh, Foreign Relations, wherever that was, he said that about, uh, about Shokin and all that stuff. That's just, that's monumental bad judgment. I mean, if you're like a criminal enterprise, right, what they're trying to do, I, you know, was he slipping then when he, hey, you should remember that you shouldn't be doing that. That's illegal. And you're just going to throw it out there just to impress everybody at a luncheon. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that, because the reason I have so much knowledge about Joe Biden is because he does have that. He just has a level of carelessness and he always sort of made a big joke about it. But he got to the point with his press office where they said, look, we can't just have you out there when he's with the press. We need you to listen to everything he says. If he does behind the scenes stuff with fundraisers, we need transcripts of that too. So I heard a lot of stuff that Joe Biden said that even the press didn't hear. And that was unheard of, but it was like, people ask me, what was it like being Joe Biden's stenographer? And I tell them, it was like, remember those old circus parades? It was like being the broom and shovel guy behind the world's biggest circus elephant. Mess after mess after mess. And, you know, what do you do? I mean, that's what, that was a mess. And by the way, that speech that he gave, I heard him give that exact speech to a, a reporter in 2016. He talked to a, a reporter, uh, Steve Clements from The Atlantic, and gave that same bragging story. So I had heard that before. Everyone, I, I thought it was just sort of common knowledge. And then it became this big impetus for this impeachment. And I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, yeah. this is really crazy. And the impeachment thing, I mean, we'll get into that in a little bit about what that led, where that led to in the search for the Joe Biden's truth. Yeah, it's crazy. Talk about cleaning up messes. I watched some of his campaign surrogates and even the people on his campaign. (laughs) 
I forget what it was. It was a couple months ago, but there was a kid on, uh, he's a younger, you know, younger guy and he's on Sunday show and he's just trying to clean up some Biden mess. And <laughs> one of my kids says, Oh man, I feel bad for that guy. I'm like, I don't, he joined that campaign on purpose and he knows what he's got to do. And that's, that's part of the, that comes with the territory with Biden. Oh my God. Oh, man. It's gotta be just 10 times worse. Right. So the stress oh, of that yeah. press office was up the chart. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, one of the things that you uh, talked about was in, uh, April of 2014, there was a meeting with Obama and some of his aides. And then shortly after that, Axelrod goes, uh, and hangs out with Biden for lunch and then Biden goes off to the uh, Ukraine. So um, talk about that a little bit and what you're what you're kind of thinking on that and any more detail. Well, so we were just, you know, this is a great segue. We were just talking about the Trump impeachment and what that led me to investigate. So I was writing this book. I started it in 2019 in summer. And um, I had just read an article written by a guy, uh, Adam Entis for The New Yorker. I worked with Adam in the White House. He used to work for Reuters. He did a great job sort of getting Hunter Biden to fess up to half of the sleazy stuff he does. And I was shocked. It was all mostly about the drug use. And there were still some lies in it. He didn't, in that article, admit to having fathered the child with the young woman from Arkansas. But that eventually was proven by the uh, paternity test. So, you know, there's Hunter Biden sort of trying to play like he's coming clean, but he really wasn't. So as I started writing this book, I had this idea. I had been to Ukraine with Joe, and all of a sudden they started talking about, well, there's this horrific event that happened in Ukraine. And I was like, well, Ukraine, wait a minute. I started looking into the transcripts that I did on the trips, and I know where to look in the ObamaWhiteHouse.gov website. You know, if you went into, if you Google Joe Biden Ukraine right now, you're going to get 15 pages of recent stuff. And what I realized as I was writing this book is Google was scrubbing away a lot of old Joe Biden stuff that I knew where to find it. So I did go into the ObamaWhiteHouse.gov website and I found these old transcripts. I was, and I realized that Joe was really talking about Burisma in a way that was a lot more promotional than was regularly thought of as just sort of a guy who's there on a policy trip. So then I started digging into it. And the next thing I found was there was a red flag event. And this event was a breakfast meeting between David Axelrod and Joe Biden on April 16, 2015. And I realized, wait a minute, why is David Axelrod going to talk to Joe Biden? They didn't like each other. They didn't like each other. There was a cadre, there was the Obama cadre in the White House, there was a Biden cadre in the White House, a lot of tension between the two and a lot of distrust because Biden was always running his own side deal. Well, as I dug into it, I realized what happened was in 2014, in March, Joe Biden went to Poland. I went to Poland with him on that trip. And in that article, the New Yorker article I was talking about that was written about um, Hunter Biden's sort of confessional, he admits in that article that he was recruited to the board of Burisma by a guy named Alexander Kwasniewski. Well, I dug into who Alexander Kwasniewski He's an old family friend of the Bidens. He's a guy who was work. He was the former president of Poland. He was working with Joe Biden during the NATO uh, when they were bringing uh, Poland into into NATO in the early 2000s. They were old friends. And then Kwasniewski came to America and got a job at Georgetown University. Both Bidens were big Georgetown University supporters, so they would have been really in contact with them. Joe Biden went to. Uh, Poland in March to sort of reassure the Poles 
And on that trip, he was talking specifically about the bolstering the Ukrainian natural gas industry, because we have to do that. Well, obviously, to me, as a guy who knows Joe Biden, knows that Joe Biden calls everybody and their brother when he's about to do something, he would have called his old friend Kwasniewski. And in the process, he put Hunter Biden on the board. I guarantee it. I, get, I don't know for certain. This is my speculation. And since it's a memoir, I can speculate. I'm not a journalist writing this. As a journalist, I need the proof. I'm a memoir person who said, you know, I was there and I know what this is. So I made that leap of speculation in my book. I said, Joe Biden did this. He committed malfeasance in office. What is in my book that's proof is this meeting with Axelrod. Axelrod went to that morning meeting the evening before having gone to a meeting with Barack Obama in the West Wing on April 15th. Obama, Jim Messina, and David Plouffe had this meeting. Joe Biden is specifically not there. They knew he wasn't going to be there for a long time. He was up in Boston doing a speech at the one-year anniversary of the Boston Marathon bomb. Remember that? Boston Strong. He was there. It was a big thing for him. Well, they knew he would have been out of the office. It was a perfect time for them to have a meeting because red flags were going off for them about Hunter Biden. We have reporting now from the Senate committee that found Hunter Biden had, in, in Obama's Treasury Department, had this red flag money transfer from Moscow in, 20, in um, February 2014. At that time, he had also been discharged from the Navy Reserve for a positive cocaine test, but that wasn't publicly known. That was only known behind the scenes in the Obama White House. So they had these two red flag events. And now with this laptop that's coming out, there's all kinds of red flag events. So these guys have this meeting. They're like, what are we going to do about Hunter? What are we going to do about Joe? They sent Axelrod to the Naval Observatory. Nothing happens. I don't know what happened. That's why we have to have a grand jury. President Trump was talking about getting a special prosecutor to investigate this. That's exactly how you get to the bottom of this. After that meeting with David Axelrod, four hours later, Joe Biden has a meeting in his West Wing office with Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's business partner. Within weeks, they're on the board of Burisma Holdings publicly. They're receiving thousands of dollars, $50,000 or more per person each per month, a huge payout. It's a quid pro quo. Joe is days away from going to Ukraine. It doesn't look good for the Obama White House. They get a lot of questions when the pub, when it becomes public in mid-May. Hey, what's this conflict of interest with Hunter being on this company and you're going over there, you're the point man. Within a week of that official um, declaration that Hunter was on the board of Burisma, Joe goes to Joe goes to Cyprus. This is another red flag for me. And to me, Joe Biden's trip to Cyprus behind the scenes in the White House would have been starting to be prepped in the middle of, in the middle of April. He went there in the middle of May. They would have sent people on a prep trip ahead of that. So all these guys in this Obama meeting in the uh, Roosevelt room would have possibly had this information. That's why it was such a red flag event for me. And, and Axelrod doesn't like uh, Biden. So he was the guy that said, look, I'll go talk to him. It didn't work. Joe Biden didn't stop his behavior. We now know there were all kinds of emails that are coming out. There's an email that came out between Hunter Biden and one of the Burisma executives in May 2014. And it was a week later, Joe Biden goes to Cyprus. Cyprus is where the head of Burisma is holed up. That's where the country is registered, the company is registered. And that's where all the money goes in. There was an, uh, an illegal transfer of money out of 
um, London in March 2014 that was flagged and held up. That's eventually, and it was heading to Cyprus. Eventually, it wound its way back into Cyprus in January 2015. So there's all these red flags that are going around Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Cyprus, and Ukraine. And that's what I found out in these meetings. Joe Biden was committing malfeasance in office. Barack Obama knew, and he didn't do anything to stop it. And the question is, who else? He covered it up. Who else knows about this cover-up? It goes deep into the Democratic Party. Every Democrat that voted for the impeachment of Donald Trump, do they know about it? If there's a grand jury investigation, every single one of them should have be called down and know. Did you know Joe Biden was committing malfeasance in office? Did Barack Obama tell you? Because he knew. Yeah, couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, you talk about Biden being so careless and then Axelrod and Obama trying to uh, slow it down. You know, uh, we're outside of Chicago. And so we've had to watch Chicago politics and right. Obama and all of his craziness. Well, those guys did all their stuff, but they knew how to keep it on the down low. But uh, but Biden, you know, he's a loose cannon all the time, right. every day. And so, you know, we know what Obama said about him, uh, about how he can, right. you know, how he fixes things. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I totally. So I'm, you know, I'm reading those emails, Hunter Biden's. Email, so there's no doubt in your mind that that Biden was enriching himself in this process, how much money he's got now and all these things. It's just it's out there for people to see. Nobody's looking into it. I mean, you are. We are. But nobody else. Right. Yeah. You, nobody looked yeah. into it. That was yeah. the whole point of the book. And, you know, so I didn't I didn't realize Joe was getting a cut of all this stuff. In my in my opinion, when I wrote the book, I thought they were Joe was sort of trying to help Hunter out because he knew Hunter was struggling. Hunter had been, you know, going through these drug rehab programs yeah. and failing yeah. them for years. That's where I was with it initially, too. You know, but now it comes out and it is really slimy and yeah. sleazy and criminal. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, there's more in my book. I mean, there's a chapter in there about Joe Biden went in 2014 to 2016. He sent $1.5 billion to the three companies, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. In a, a month ago, I mean, I'm sorry, a year ago, the brother of the president of Honduras was convicted in New York of of importing, a smuggling cocaine into the U.S. from between 2004 to 2018 at a cartel level amount. 200,000 kilos of cocaine this guy brought in. And because of that, they they basically were like, they didn't realize that in this Alliance for Prosperity that Joe had set up, that's what was going on. That's how much of a cut did Joe get out of that? Yeah. There's never been an accounting of it. There's no reporting on it. No one's tying Joe into it. It's just, I mean, there, you yeah. can't elect this guy president. Yeah, you can't. It's, it's like third world country corruption kind of stuff and, and people need to go to jail. And you know, you made a point too about uh, Hunter. I, I was in the same boat. I'm like, oh, he's helping his kid and his kid's getting rich and everything. But I'm going a different direction on it now. I think Hunter was probably, I don't know that he was some angel, obviously, but he started, I think he may have gone downhill seriously after his dad was making him go take all these bribes and get all this money into the family and, and go, you know, he was the one running point on the corruption that his dad wanted him to do is what it's, it's starting to look like to me. Could be. And, you know, that's a tragedy, but, and this is a really weird thing. So this is also sort of touched on in the book, but Joe Biden used to go out there and he would rant at these events that he had that were specifically for his work as a sort of the lead, um, legislator in the Violence Against Women Act. He put that into place 
it was to sort of protect uh, women who were um, going through uh, domestic abuse. There was a lot of money over the years put into rape kit testing, which I think is a good thing. I mean, in my book, I said, look, this is a good thing. Joe Biden, that was one of the good things he did. But when he would talk at these events, he would go into this like anger diatribe that was out of character. It was almost like manipulative, um, dramatic, overly dramatic. And it might have had something to do with what Hunter was really up to. I mean, Hunter was out there mm -hmm. doing the exact things to these young women that Joe Biden was saying no one should ever do to a young woman. Oh, and that's wow. a horrific thing. Yeah. That's a horrific thing for that family to have in their in their background. But it is true now. We're going to see that. Yeah, for sure. And I think, too, part of the reason they got him off the campaign trail is regardless of his mental acuity and where he is, this whole thing, the footsteps are, are catching him now. And so it's probably got to be even harder to campaign at all when you know that they're onto you. And, you know, big yeah. tech of censoring and everything else. But, you know, justice is coming for this guy as well. It should be. Uh, and he shouldn't be president, obviously. So, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, crazy justice stuff. is coming for him and for Barack Obama. I mean, yeah. all the Democrats have to. That's why I, I actually retitled the book and the 2020 crackdown of the Democratic Party. Once I realized this is what they've done, they had malfeasance in office by Joe Biden. They mm -hmm. covered it up. And, you know, you got to buy the book and understand it. I got a little poem about it. Roses are red, violets are blue. The Bidens were crooks and Obama knew. And I got it all in chapter two. <laughs> nice. <laughs> really great. Really great. Good stuff. All right. Good, good. So uh, one more question for you. So when you look back on your time in the White House, uh, what do you think is the most surprising thing that you learned out of your time there? Well, that's a good question. Um, I would say the most surprising thing, well, is how vicious the Obama administration has made Americans turn on each other. It's just been an awful truth, but that's what they did. And, you know, you were talking about Chicago politics. It's hard edge Chicago politics that went national. And it's gotten vicious. This cancel culture yeah. is ugly and it's relentless and it's gotten deep in our society. And this I think this uh, election is what cures it. I think there's going to be a red wave. I think you're going to see people win in places where they are not expected and are going to win pretty big. Yeah. I think Trump's going to win big. Me too. I love it. Yeah, because I'm with you. It was so hard to watch what Obama did to the country. And here we are now. And it's just they hate Trump so much. And yeah, it's a crazy time. Uh, but I think he's going to win it. And I think there's going to be some big surprises. So tell our viewers then how they can get your book. The book, Joe Biden Unauthorized and the 2020 Crack of the Democratic uh, Party. It's on my website, Joe Biden Unauthorized. If you buy it off my website, I give 10% uh, to um, the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund because I, I was a stenographer in the court system. And I know what police officers go through behind the scenes and their families and blue lives matter very much to us all. There are unsung heroes. So 10% of all sales off the website go to that. Platform. Very good. Well, Mike, thanks so much for being on and uh, obviously super credible with your background and all that you know about uh, about Biden. So uh, really helpful for us all to hear and uh, look forward to having you back on. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. And, you know, we'll get the word out as much as we can. And eventually, I think this will break through in the mainstream media. They're just going to have to stop ignoring it. Amen. Look forward to that day. All right. There you go.
Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next time, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash first right or text first right to one three one two eight two zero nine one six seven.